0: I'm your host, Joe Esquivito, and with me today is Asta Kalbag, who is the marketing science partner at Facebook. Asta, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, super excited to be here, and thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Really excited to have you on because this is a topic we haven't quite delved into yet on the show, is marketing and science. How do you combine the two? How do you combine science to help you make better marketing decisions? So I know you're an expert on this. you to be talking about the test and learn mindset. You'll be sharing some tips and tools, as well as how to build a framework for your decision-making. So for those listening and watching, if you're interested, stay tuned because we have a very interesting episode coming up. So Asta, I'd love to hear your thoughts on first, you know, what is the role that marketing plays, sorry, what is the role that science plays in marketing?
1: Yeah, awesome. So I think traditionally, marketing has been very, very skewed towards the creative side, right? When it comes to how do we actually make, you know, our consumers emote, connect to brands, and how do we actually double down on, you know, those type of elements. But now as marketing and digital marketing has evolved with so much more sophistication when it comes to data and analytics, we are now at a sweet spot where we really need to, tie these two together right so really about all the creative juices that are coming out of marketing that we've seen grow and that still stay as fundamental principles to actually drive connection to brand but also back that up and together have this kind of synergy when it comes to you know things like matching that and tying that to data and science and that's when you know we want to see magic for the brands that are going to be leading marketing for tomorrow
0: a- absolutely and I think as marketers we all want to see that magic I guess the question is how and hopefully we'll get to that in today's conversation but one thing you're a big believer in is the test and learn mindset and I think this is one of the advantages of doing digital marketing but once again I'd love to hear your thoughts on what actually is the test and learn mindset and how does it actually work out
1: sure so I love this term it's called permanent beta and I've uh, read in one of Reed Hoffman's books. Uh, and I think what we're really getting to is how do you actually build that agile mindset where you are continuously ready and willing to test, learn, iterate, or pivot, right? And we want to be in that continuous cycle. And it's really more than you know a methodology or a framework. It is a mindset. And that mindset requires us to be agile it requires us to test fast to test frequently to fail fast to celebrate our failures and to actually learn from them right and to really be in that headspace where not just as an individual or a marketing team but the entire organization is comfortable with that really fast moving uh, iterative approach of testing learning failing testing again uh, that's truly where I see, uh, you know, the future of marketing and the future of some of the best marketers out there in terms of what is that mindset that they can actually bring to the table and be agents of change.
0: Very, very good point. Good point. Um, and I'm keen to hear, is there a difference? Because you obviously worked, worked with, you know, multinationals as well as SMEs and startups. Startups are usually pretty good at this because that's how they operate. They have to move very fast. They have to move um, and fail very quickly, but let's say you're a larger organization. Do you feel like that is some kind, sometimes a hurdle, is having this 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 mindset because you don't want to fail at that large of a stage? Whereas a startup, you're not really scared to do so.
1: What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I do think. I mean, I wish there weren't these differences, but I do believe that they are. For example, uh, a large multinational conglomerate, perhaps in you know, oil and gas or automotives, right? These are companies, they really want to embrace digital transformation. They want to embrace new digital channels. But at the same time, at the deeper level of the cultural DNA, that's when we really want to see that true change of moving the entire organization and everyone in that organization to that test and learn mindset, right? And And we are seeing progress, you know, as there are more and more agents of change within these organizations. But I do feel like, um, you know, compared to startups, some of these bigger organizations have a much longer runway to get to that outcome.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think this is why there's a lot of emerging players that are actually taking a lot of the market share. You look at the fintech space. Um, so the banks are getting a little bit nervous now because you see all these fintech companies that are growing very fast. They're basically doing exactly what you just said. And as a result, they're stealing some market share and some of the customers. So it'd be interesting to see, like you said, some of the more traditional industries and organizations adopt this approach. But uh, yes, to your point, it goes back to company culture and, and the company DNA. So definitely something to, to look out for um, when you're when you're doing this in your organization. Um, Another thing I'd love to get your thoughts on is tips and tools, because I think everyone here, they may not come from a marketing science background, but they're wondering, you know what, how do I implement this within my organization? So what are some of the tools and tips that you have done previously that have worked for you?
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, let me maybe start with, um, you know, some of the interesting tools, and then, you know, I can talk about best practices and tips uh, maybe later on. And I think... Uh, when it comes to really tools there's some things that we are quite familiar with for example split testing and ab testing but doing that right and doing it in a way that really has enough data for us to make a decision off of i think that is where uh you know the crux of the issue today is now for example a lot of people might have done you know creative testing when it comes to hey should i have a red background or should i have the have blue background, right? But now we're at the stage where we're really trying to understand, hey, what kind of audiences work for me? You know, what market should I expand on? What products should I really focus on when it comes to, you know, maximizing customer lifetime value? So I think the toolkit itself uh, has evolved, um, but maybe not so much as the thinking and the strategic thinking has evolved when it comes to marketing science. To give you another example of it, um, we often think about lift testing and incrementality testing. And this is something that is still fairly new in the industry uh, compared to, you know, things like split testing or AB testing. But when you start to run things like brand lift, for example, we are actually reporting back uh, to the business on metrics that really, really they care about, right? So for example, things like, what is the impact that my activity has had on awareness on consideration on intent has my market share increased compared to competitors like these are metrics that truly matter to the business and I think the whole industry of measurement has evolved to actually get closer and closer to business outcomes that we can actually grow and scale with so I would say that is an overview of some of the tools that we're using and it's it's, it's definitely a pivot away from the way we measured things in the past, which is simply on like reach or click-through rates and, you know, in, in terms of the testing suite as well. Uh,
0: absolutely. And I think some of the questions that marketers will be listening or watching this will be having is, you know, what activities should I do in-house versus outsource? And you mentioned split testing, A-B testing. A lot of that can be done very easily in-house with your existing tools and resources, but brand up... Uplift studies and things like that. How do we draw the line in terms of what can be done in-house versus out-house, outsourced?
1: Sure, sure. I think uh, this answer really depends business to business in terms of how closely uh, you know you're engaged with some specific agencies or consultants versus you know what are the kind of resources and expertise you have in-house. Um, my personal opinion is that the general model, of course is moving towards more access to everyone on self-serve tools right so how do i actually you know make use of some of these trends when it comes to product improvements um, to actually do things on my own you know like there are a lot of things such as even brand lift for example you can now set up simply i mean because i, I work at facebook you can simply set up uh with an ads manager on facebook right so It doesn't you don't have to go to some of these big market research companies to, you know, get some of these answers. You can start to be ahead of the curve when it comes to product uh, improvements and try and see how much easier and easier it's getting for everyone to measure in a very, very easy and simplistic way.
0: That's that's a good point. And I'm ex-LinkedIn, so I think I can relate to that. And one thing that we always recommend is to experiment with different formats as well, because you know what, there's some things you can experiment with your own in-house resources and tools, but if you're using third-party you know, social media platforms like LinkedIn or Facebook, they have a lot of different formats when it comes to the content formats in terms of targeting, in terms of all these different parameters. So that really plays a role in terms of experimentation, seeing what works, what doesn't work, um, and ultimately whether you're reaching the right audience in the right way. So that's what we did previously.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think in general, a lot of different tools and platforms are evolving all in that same direction, right? Which is really to give more power to the advertisers, for them to be able to build, execute, learn, analyze, campaign and campaign results on their own. And I think the world is going to move toward that direction about, you know, how do we actually get to that outcome or those real-time results as soon as possible to make Decisions And the focus is going to move away from just, you know, set up execution, changing bids to, you know, a world where we really start to understand results, start to analyze them, understand if it's valid or not valid and focus our efforts on making business decisions based on those numbers.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'd be curious to hear if there's any specific tools that you have used that you have found super helpful. I know Facebook has a bunch, but um, outside of that, there's any other tools that you've used in terms of your own marketing science that you found super helpful?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple of vendors which I think are pretty awesome when it comes to uh, helping you scale up performance. Uh, Definitely not a plug here, but one of my favorite partners is Smartly, I think. Uh, they're super cool when it comes to you know creative performance, optimization, setting up rules and all of that. And I'm I'm a big fan of theirs. And I think um there are several other tools as well that you can look at when it comes to really doing things in a very user-intuitive format and really scaling up from there.
0: Cool. Now, well, let's, let's zoom out a bit now that you share kind of more about the the tips and 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 tools and really understanding how do you build a framework around this? Because if you're a marketing leader, let's say a marketing director and above, how can you take what we've discussed so far and build a framework that you can use within the organization that really helps drive your decision-making?
1: Sure, so I think um, one of the things that really needs much more focus and I think time is really building that strategy and framework as you clearly highlighted. Um, And the way to do that is actually through, you know, these learning maps or learning journeys, right? Where we highlight, let's say three or five key pillars, you know, things like learning on creative, learning on audiences, learning on the right product mix, for example. And then within these three or four pillars, within let's say a six month period, we have very strict goals in terms of what are the different tests that we want to run. What are some of the outcomes that we're expecting? And based on that, what are some of the business decisions that it's going to drive? Because sometimes we kind of get into this infinite loop of like, hey, I want to test this versus that, this versus that, and we get so excited. Uh, But a lot of that really doesn't have an outcome. And what I really feel like we need to focus on is this outcome-oriented testing journey, uh, which really needs to be built out at the beginning of a half and then execute it against. And as we're learning to actually feed that back to the business, to either make certain changes in the way you're optimizing performance or make changes in the way we're allocating budgets or make changes in the way that we're spreading across different media channels as well.
0: So it sounds like it's the traditional scientist approach. You come up with your hypothesis, you you map it out to outcomes, you try to anticipate what that outcome would be and then you work backwards from there, it sounds like.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is really taking in all of the good stuff that comes from, you know, like, you know, that scientific approach, right, which is really about, you know, having your head clear in terms of what is it that you're trying to achieve. And it's it's amazing as to how difficult sometimes that can be in terms of, hey, this is my North Star and this is what I'm trying to understand. And then how do I work backwards to, you know, it validate or invalidate? Uh, based on the results that I'm getting and being in that continuous loop of testing and learning and of course setting that hypothesis is what you know really gets you from point a to point b
0: absolutely are there any specific um, frameworks that are existing in in the market that you've used anything I know design thinking is is kind of a a bigger buzzword and process are there any like smaller ones you mentioned kind of mind mapping and things like that what are some of the more tangible kind of frameworks that you've used previously?
1: Yeah, I think different businesses, depending on their stage, um, I think require very different like approaches when it comes to what do you want to execute on, right? So there are certain frameworks that are very relevant when it comes to the business side. Uh, There's some frameworks that are very relevant when it comes to, you know, what markets should I expand to, what products, or also on the digital marketing side when it comes to measurement. So I personally do believe that some of this really needs to uh, be built in a very bespoke way. And that's something I try to do as well. Um, But I think at the core of it, all of these frameworks have one thing, right? Like even design thinking, for example, it is about being as customer centric as possible and having that level of empathy. And I think that provides the core for everything else, right? If we lose that, um no matter what you know framework or strategy we execute on if we're not keeping our consumers at the heart of everything that we do uh i'm not sure how far we will be able to go
0: absolutely i, I ho- wholeheartedly agree i think that's not necessarily the case that i will be the, the cynic one of this um because you know most marketers they think about it from their own self-interest what's going to get me you know, meet award or maybe some kind of promotion with the organization, not necessarily what the customers have, have think. So I think to your point, absolutely more marketers sh- and the best marketers do really understand their target audience and empathize with them. It's not just a buzzword for them. Um, so some of the workshop things that we've done um, is, and this is a very, very standard one, is having like a persona like the head and what are they hearing, what are they thinking, what are they seeing, what are they doing? Um, so really helping put yourself in the audience's shoes because otherwise once again it becomes a big buzzword is com- c- uh, customer empathy, getting under- understanding them, but a lot of people don't really know how to actually do that um, so that could be one way it's a framework we used previously the other which is obviously like job shadowing so sh- shadowing your customers. So this is easier if you're like in a retail um, business and you're going in and like taking notes, how are people you know interacting with with the clothing and stuff like that or, which part of the store are they going to? Now, obviously, there's technology in a lot of um, different department stores. I think Sephora has one where you can track the the audience and where they're going. So that helps kind of alleviate the manual work. But to your point, it's the same kind of approach that you're really helping better understand, you know, what are some of the ways in which they shop? How the, how do they come to a specific purchase decision? Um, so, yeah, those are just some of the the things that we've done previously. I'm sure there are a lot more, but those are just some things that came to mind.
1: Yeah, no, and I mean, I definitely echo um, this sentiment as well, because I think no matter how, you know, marketing evolves, or how different channels evolve, what the future looks like, there is a very fundamental aspect of marketing that will never change, which is really having a very, very strong understanding of who your customer is, and truly diving into the psychology of your customer. and. And I mean, that's something that I studied during university as well, um, you know, really to double down on that psychology aspect, because it goes beyond just, you know, demographic information or, you know, interests, right? This goes to a level where you want to kind of, like you're saying, right, in your workshops, like get in their head, but in a way that you want to actually, you know, help them and be really relevant to them, depending on what their needs are. And I think that aspect of marketing, uh, I don't think will
0: ever change. Uh, absolutely. As long as we're talking about customer psychology, I'll share one from my, my class. So I teach uh, master's students and base students. And one example that I came across recently is a company that creates decks, like fences in the States. And once again, how do you really know how people use fences? So they were really, the marketing team was struggling. They were saying, okay, how do I up with ideas? So they actually built like these makeshift um, fences in their in their office. So you saw them like coding it and building it. And once again, it, it really, really helps you better understand what are the, the labor, what is the, the pain of, of building, painting your own deck and setting it up. Um, so they actually did it themselves like a smaller version that, once again, is one of the best ways because you're literally putting yourself in your, your audience's shoes. And then from there, you can tweak either your products or your messages and your sales and things like that. So that was one of my favorite examples that I saw recently.
1: yeah thanks for sharing joe that's awesome
0: wonderful um love to get your thoughts on if you any advice for anyone who's embarking on marketing science what is one thing that you would tell them
1: i think i would say uh, be comfortable with failures i think in in this journey and i think in the evolution of marketing today and marketing of of the future like it's one of the most dynamic industries to be in. And what is our version of truth yesterday might not be a version of truth tomorrow. So having that learning approach and also being very comfortable to fail, like not every test, not everything that you try is going to work. But at the end of the day, where we want to get to is what have we learned from it? And how can we actually use those learnings to, be better, right, be a better marketer, be a better, you know, marketing team, to be a better organization, to be better to our consumers. Um, And I think being comfortable with that level of failure to actually celebrate it, uh, you know, I work with some teams that they, you know, instead of just celebrating successes, actually celebrate failures. And to get to that level uh, of comfort with failing, I think is going to be truly defining uh, in terms of, you know, people who are embarking on this journey and people who are evolving in this journey as
0: well. Uh, Absolutely. And this is something I I struggled with for a very, very long time is getting comfortable failing. Now I fail all the time, or at least I I used to a lot (laughs) more. Um, And it also goes back to your individual culture as well, because I grew up in the States and in the US, there's a phrase, it's, if you're not first, you're last. So there's this concept of of winning at all costs. And as a result, it was kind of in in my psyche individually that I had they think I had to win at everything. As a result, it was quite miserable from a professional point of view. And I think I think a lot of people with, you know, countries with similar type of psyche, similar type of motivations can probably relate. So to your point, yes, it is something that we should be doing, but I can relate to a lot of folks that struggle with that because I know I definitely did for at least a decade in my career, really, really finding it hard um, to to deal with failures. Now I take them as learnings and opportunities to grow, but I really struggled with that for for most of my career. So I think, yes, if people can do that earlier on, they'd probably be much happier and satisfied <laughs> with their career than I was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, the way I see it is I just see everything as a playground. And I think that eases a lot of the pressure. You're just, you know, going in and playing and learning as you go. And I think truly imbibing that as part of your own your own DNA first, and then to, you know, translate that to other people, I think, is, you know, where we want to go uh, as individuals and as an organization. And I hope that more organizations that we work with as well encourage that, because it can't just be at an individual level, it also needs to be at an organization uh, culture level that appreciates that and encourages that, um, you know, failure and learning kind of approach and attitude as well.
0: Definitely. And I love that analogy, the playground. I'm going to use that for myself when I get stressed stressed (laughs) out on on new projects. Think of it as a playground. Think of it as you're playing um, and hopefully help alleviate some of the stress and help you become more comfortable when it comes to failure. So Asta, thank you so much for for sharing your insights. I really appreciate it. Last question is, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
1: Awesome. Yeah. So definitely, um, I write a blog that's read in about 150 countries. It's called mooketing.com m-o-o-k-e-t-i-n-g uh so that's where i post all the cool stuff that's happening in the industry and my point of view and take on different things uh and definitely connect with me on linkedin super happy to hear and brainstorm as well at Asta kalberg uh so i'm pretty sure joe will post that as well but it is a-s-t-h-a and i'm pretty sure you'll find me soon
0: yes absolutely Well, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your insights, a lot of practical tips. And as always, if you're watching or listening to today's episode, please feel free to share it with your colleagues. Anyone interested in marketing science, so many good takeaways that you could apply in your own organization. So thank you guys so much. Stay safe, take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye, guys.